Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Flip the Mindset podcast. I know the world is upside down just now, but I hope my podcast will bring some hope, some well-needed motivation and inspiration to those who need it. I want to introduce our first long-term sponsor. Silver Lining Debt Relief help people break free from debt. Silver Lining are specialists in government-backed debt solutions that can vastly reduce monthly payments, freeze interest and write off unaffordable debt. Debt is not only defaults and letters, it is also a lot of your income going out to pay creditors, stress, worry and missing out on making memories with your family. By facing debt rather than avoiding it, you will have less to worry about, security, more money each month and a better financial future free from the misery of debt. We are here to help people find a manageable, legally binding solution to get out of debt. You can check out our debt calculator on our website to quickly discover if you qualify for help at www.sldr.uk Alternatively, you can email sldr at info at sldr.uk or you can call them on 0141-473-5200 It's not a weakness accessing help. Take the right steps to manage your day. Now, on to the podcast. Guys, what is happening? Welcome to another episode of the Flip the Mindset podcast. Today we're joined by two fantastic young Glasgow boys. Um, we've got the current European Muay Thai champion Nico Carrillo and John Paul Gallagher, his coach. Now, Muay Thai, the art of eight limbs, Yep, you know, eight limbs, un- unreal man, technical, very technical, very technical sport, similar to UFC, but more technical, you would say, um, more specific, <clears throat> probably should have the same stage as UFC. I'd like to think so. I... Maybe will in the future. Yep. You've became masters at this sport in your own rights as fighter and coach. Um, you're the European champion, 21 years old. 20, I just turned 22. Just just turned 22, when was your birthday? It was October. Happy birthday, that was last year. <laughs> <laughs> Older than you think. Um, and we've got, so you must be, because I read that you were 24, you're 25 24, now? 24, right. You're still 24. 24 um, so you were a European champion, right? You're a young boy. Let's be honest. Um, hopefully you'll be the world champion soon. I believe that match was just postponed. Yeah, it um, was. which is a, which is a, a kick in the balls, to be honest. Um, but before we start into the story, I think it's important to um, to say about JP. You are you are junior European champion. No, junior. Uh, I won a gold medal at the European Open when I was when I was fighting. Um, I had two British titles. Won a medal at the Nations. European Aye. Open. Junior, European junior champion. Uh, <laughs> aye, so, <laughs> is that the same thing or is it's, that, is that you don't get a title for it as such but it's like the Muay Thai Olympics but it's like uh, like the European man kind of thing do you know what I mean right get you uh, so I had that and then I had two British titles two Scottish titles and two Celtic Nations titles so. unbelievable and, UK uh, number one I know it's UK number one for you look at that man the fight you got each other because you were you, you, did you you defended that for a few years the UK I, I was just title a, I was just away like, I retired when I was 18, I only had a few pro fights, but as I, I was fighting for maybe 11-year-old, 10-year-old, so I was quite young when I yeah. achieved all that, to be honest. I think that's important to get in just before we start, how good you were as a youngster. Aye. 
and how that's kind of progressed on to both of you guys now like conquering the world. Right. So, how are you boys? How's things been? How's lockdown been? Back Brilliant. to Dubai. Talk to me, what's been happening? Uh, just had a fight in Dubai. I was the main event in Dubai. Um, I won that fight on points, unanimous decision. Had lots of fun. Um, and I, had, I hadn't been in the ring for over 15 months. And I was actually really nervous about stepping in the ring again. I, f- I forgot all the feelings. It'd been so long. <laughs> I forgot how it felt to cut weight. Being in the, the, the bath, cutting weight, horrible. And then just the lead up to the fight, all the nerves. I, I don't remember it. I don't remember it being like that. Mm-hmm. Just because it'd been so long. And then obviously as soon as I got in the ring, I just felt amazing. And I was just comfortable back at home. Were there fans? Uh, there was only the Federation there. Right, because all I could see was like, was there, there was a football tops in the background all hung up. Yeah, no, I think yeah, it was just that all was the Federation aye. t-shirts. Like oh, the, is it right? Yeah. That, it was like polo taps over there and it had like a Federation badge ah, on the right, so aye, probably aye. like football taps. I couldn't, I couldn't really, my eyes are terrible, I couldn't really work it out. But different, it's, sport's different now, you know, but you're not fighting uh, in, in front, front of, people. of the kind of that, that, was, that, that was my first time fighting. It, it felt fine, to be honest. Did it feel good? Did it aye, feel... Did, honestly, uh, the, he said to me as well, he's like, this is going to be weird for you. Just take that into, just take that into like, yeah. consideration when you're fighting it. It's going to feel different. But to be honest, it felt it felt fine. How does the, visual, the visualisation work for that then? Because you visualise normally going out, dealing with the fans aye. and wasting the fans' energy. How does it work when you're going out and it's the camera and you're pretending millions of people are watching on that camera? See, when know? I was vis- visualising for this fight, see the, the UAM show before that that was no crowd as well right. so I, I watched that show so when I watched that show I just kind of seen that surroundings so I just brought that into my, right, right. Into my mind so I, I, it was, it was alright to be honest not me how was it for you? it was nerve wracking like, I probably get more nervous than him I think yeah. but that time was a lot worse like I actually was in the hotel all the day up to it feeling pure, like I was going away to I felt pure <laughs> sick like the nerves so I'm like I need to pull myself together before we go here because yeah. if I'm not going to do him any favours if I'm if I'm a nervous wreck. No, I mean I need to be the one to try and pull him at that wee rut if he goes into it. So, so I'll just have my time being nervous in my hotel room myself, you know what I mean? Before it, but it's fucking Whatever works. I definitely know, I think seriously whatever works and, and I get that. Um, you've been more nervous, you know. I don't know a bit of football coaching, but as being a personal trainer, Aye. you do get when you're you do get nervous when your clients going on the scales after a long time or anything like that I can see you being much more nervous than him he's confident he's in he's firing you have much more time to kind of he's in the moment you're much more like my god has he got this he's got that have we trained enough for that have we hit this have we hit that mere soul obviously we'll train for maybe 10 weeks and I'll organise the fight I'll organise the fight camp so everything everything's up to me today to that point so we train together as a unit and then obviously come that time I need to let him just go and date himself so then I'm, I start getting in my head, have I done enough? Did I do this right? Did I get the right Did I do everything properly? Because if it doesn't, yeah, I kind of feel responsible, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So right. it's like he needs to do the last part of the sale. So that's the most nerve-wracking part for me because he needs to do the last bit of sale and I have no control at that point. Yeah. But it's... Humans love being in control. Uh, you, know, you feel a bit safer, I mean that I've got some sort of control with it. Yeah, I can do something, but at that point, I'm like, it's just relying on what we've done together. Aye. And... It needs to, we need to have got it right, but so far so good. I mean, what kind of feeling is that when 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 the control switches over from feel like your head's you going to explode? Yeah, you actually feel like your head's going to explode. It's mental. It's like wow. that, it's, well, it's like when I used to fight, I used to feel like I was going to greet before it, but <laughs> I used to love it, uh-huh. and it's just the same. But I think it's a lot worse now. Right. 
I know how I'm feeling on it. Sometimes it's hard to read a fight or not. I mean, because it's up and down. It's a roller coaster uh-huh. in a changing room. One minute he's he's electric, he's buzzing, and the next you can see he's starting mm-hmm. to get nervous. Yeah. And then it's just up and down. It's up and down. But on Saturday, no Friday, sorry. As soon as his feet hit that canvas, man, he just he was jumping about like Conor McGregor. He was tensing and up to the crowd. And I just looked at him. I was like, he's going to kill this <laughs> boy. Like, no, I just I just looked at the boy that was doing the call and I said, "That's fucking gone off tonight, man. He's Brilliant. killing this boy." <laughs> Could you get that feeling? You know, nah, I, I knew straight away. You could tell his characteristics. You know, credit to use too for the hard work he's put in before Aye. it. You train hard. Hard you know, harder than anyone, mate. I love that attitude. You've got extremely impressive CVs for such young guys. You're not only just best pals, but your business partners. It's important to, to get this in. Business partners can be tricky anyway, you know what I mean? Because you've got business decisions to make. You're a fighter and coach. You're also best friends. How, how do you differentiate from them three? You know, how do you tear them apart? And, you know, is we, there... get, we do get asked this quite a lot. It's just, it does work. A lot of people have said, look, we've... A lot of people did say it's it's going to be difficult, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, but it seems to work, you know what I mean? We do, I'm not going to say we don't have arguments and that, but it's arguments right there and then. And it's nay, he goes that way, I go that way, we don't speak, no. I think I think it's easier when you're both so, you're both, you've got your heart on such, you're both, you're, your dream is the exact same. Like we have, uh, our aspirations are the exact same. Uh-huh. What I want as a fighter, he wants the exact same. Uh-huh as the coach do you know what i mean so uh, i think i think when we've both got the exact same dreams and exact same vision it is easier he wants it just as bad as i do and he's not in the ring fighting mm-hmm. do you know what i mean that kind of explains it love that so you've got the boat the same goal mm-hmm. same aspirations you want to succeed as much as he wants you to succeed exactly. and you want him to succeed as a coach as exactly. well that's incredible it makes for it honestly guys this makes for a really good story okay guys in reading up um, you both seem to have found Thai boxing um, or Mai Thai at a very young age and were hooked. Talk to us a wee bit about that. How did you get into the Thai boxing? JP started at a much younger age than I did. So I I'll let you start. You said one time in his nappies. <laughs> 2000, I, 2006 I started. I think it was in primary six or something. Wow. Um, and all my pals went and we all just, I wasn't really into it. I was a bit of a Jesse when I was away and I was just like, <laughs> Could really play football now, so it was like one of the ones. I was probably one that got least expected to stick it. Yeah, the one that got picked picked last at PE. Aye, aye, that's it. <laughs> um, no, so no, I was, that uh, was always the victim, wasn't it? That was, aye. That was bad. Uh, oh. No, so we went and then everybody kind of fell off after a couple of months. And I just kept going. I wasn't uh, was great for the first year or something, but I trained, like, fuck, like, I trained really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just one day everything kind of clicked and then... I had my first fight, the boy was about 15 kilo heavier and I, I stopped him in the first round and that's just me as I win, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then I fought Scottish champion on my second fight and I stopped him and I kicked him out of the place. Wow. But it was like, I just kind of, one day I wasn't very good and then the next day I was just this wee guy who no seen anything like it before, you know what I mean? It was, it was good. So you just like <laughs> unleashed the tiger from this timid wee kind of boy? I was just, the tie, the tie box gave me that pure supreme confidence because uh-huh. see when I realised I was good, I was like, I'm really, really good at this. Uh-huh. And like, even my coach was like, getting into that second fight, everybody's like, he was like, I don't really want you to do this, but I'd sparred the boy and I was like, bearing in mind, I'm only like 12 year old, I was like to my coach, I was like, I can beat this boy. And he's like, he's like, let's get you another cut of fights. And I was like, no, I was like, listen, let me just do it. And I done it and absolutely blittered the boy. But that's what I'm saying, it was just, I had that supreme confidence for such a young age that nobody else really seen. 
How did that? that how did that before? twist? How did that click from from being I experienced this as well. I think it's just being in the environment, a, a, a violent environment, environment all the time. Just always like, like you're being violent in you all the time. Like you're hitting pads, but it's a, it's a supreme discipline as well. I remember when I first started my first year, I grew in confidence massively, like out in the streets and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I was, I, I was quite a, I wouldn't say I was a timid boy at a young age, but certain people, if they were to try pick fights with me, I'd avoid it. And I remember going through as a teenager tie boxing i wasn't like these people that i was scared of i wasn't scared of anymore and i just i just really grew in confidence but yeah. i knew i could fight do you know what i mean probably used to taking knocks in the face at training and exactly stuff like that. and, and that, that let's let's talk about that because a lot of people who have been bullied in the past or have had no confidence do go into muay thai you see it all the time at school and you'll see the gradual change and they'll become more at peace with herself more kind of confident it's like you see all these when you're younger you you look up to so many people and think fuck they're big and bad and then you get into a thai boxing gym and your ego gets left at the door but you still see big bad boys there Mm -hmm. you think to yourself fuck these it's weird because these are a lot worse you know what i mean then you see what real what real men are not mean in a thai boxing gym so everything else kind of seems like you're rubbing shoulders with them, you're sparring with them, you're getting battered and that, so see anything else, it just becomes nothing really, you know what I mean? I think that's where the kind of confidence comes through. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that there's no egos in a tie boxing gym, it's just a, it's a very strict thing, that like, you just wouldn't fit in, see if you came in, Billy Big Boys in a tie boxing gym, oh. you, just, you just wouldn't fit in, you you get to a, place. Place, a very respectful place. It's funny you say that, because Chris Bungard said the exact same thing, he says when you step in the MMA gym, um, uh, you'll be humbled. Aye, oh, you know, 100%. You, you, you're all equal. You all work Aye. together. And then someone does come in who are a Billy Big Boss or anything like that, they'll be humbled and then you can Aye. almost see the change for the better in them Aye. as well. So this can, save, this, so Muay Thai can save lives. Like right? That's the thing that you, you always hear in Muay Thai will teach. Like they always say, get get your get your kids into a martial art. It doesn't need to be Muay Thai, but a martial art because it will teach them a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Discipline, self-respect and humble them. Do you know what I mean? No, definitely. You, you always hear that about martial arts. Yeah, I love that. Hopefully it doesn't teach you how to do that tattoo. Who did I see get t- that mad tattoo? Was it you? Yeah, I'm covered oh in them. Oh my God. I actually got so my first was, one. He was, was, he was slashing <laughs> you with a knife, man. I know, I'll explain that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was always getting on you like that and he's fucking slashing I, you. I got my first one. I got my first one when I was 14. They did it with bamboo. It's like a big long stick and they dip it in ink. And then they, they just do the design like that. It takes ages. It's about three I times see, longer see, than See, if you look tattoo. at a tattoo, you can actually see it's all just dotted. Wow. You see a tattoo is all line work. Uh-huh. So if I show you to show you this tattoo, it's all just dots. And you can see the thousands and thousands of dots. They wow. don't join. Right. That's that's the way they do them. It's, a, it's called a satgyan. It's the traditional way of getting a tattoo in Thailand. Wow. So my mum and dad sent me to a training camp when I was 14. Got on a flight myself to Thailand. Went, stayed in the gym and that. And... One of the padmen, one of the trainers, he was always a mad alky, he was always steaming. Right. So he was like to me, he was like, you want to go for a tattoo? And obviously he was going to stick an urn on it for himself. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, book me and he took me to the temple. I gave him the money and I went up and got my tattoo and my mom phoned me. Didn't tell her I was getting it and I just picked up the phone, didn't even think it. She's like, what are you up to? I was like, oh, I just get a tattoo. And she's like, you're fucking 14. <laughs> are you kidding me on it? I didn't answer the phone for about a week after that. I, 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 was, was, the same, I was the same, I was 15. I know, I, I done the exact same thing to him when I took it. I, 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 I seen his tattoo, the one he's on his back, and I loved it. And a lot of other Thai boxers at the time had it. And I, I knew when I was going over, I wanted to get it done. I always tell my mum, now nah, I'm going to get this tattoo done. <laughs> but she just thought I was at it. So we went and I, got, I ended up getting two done. 
on the one day my chest right. and my back and my, I phoned my mum and I, and I told her she was like ah you very funny what did you get your initials a wee, t- a wee tiny me and I showed her a picture it's a big massive tattoo <laughs> my back man she was going mental so she was <laughs> do these tats not take hours? Oh, yeah, they, t- they take much longer, aye, oh. and they hurt a lot more. Oh man! See, see the video you seen of him? Get, I got that done when I was fifteen as well. But all different tattoos mean different, like aye. different meanings. So you get different stuff done. And the one in my back, um, they they do like a prayer on your tattoo, like to give the tattoo strength. There's like meaning and stuff behind they that. Magic into the tattoo, basically. It's like black magic. The the slashing's basically like testing it. Because I've seen it at first on, people that don't believe in it, like foreigners that are like, don't, they don't believe in it, but they get it done and they'll bleed like gush. Wow. And then see if you just get into that prayer and you you deep breathe on it and you need, really need to believe it, you'll go be all right. And he does try and slash you with the blade is sharp and I've never bled. I can't explain it. I, I, I just, I, I just, I just I don't have a bit of faith in it and I, I'm, just I'm just going to put it down at that. I, I got hit with a, a machete. It was about this big and it was sharp. No one scotched and this was in the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, after I got my tattoo done, I was praying, deep breathing and stuff, and I, and I laid down. He's got it on his old phone, and uh, the the monk just whips out a big sword and starts hitting me in the back. To obviously, if you don't believe in the magic and stuff, your back would split. And oh. and it's just obviously if you believe in it, and that it was push, just a wee scratch in my back. That push you in a seriously cool place and a seriously, you know, a valuable place in the mind that could really could strengthen an athlete or a believer um a lot but you know you can come out of that feeling very empowered nah, you, very nah, it was a it was a crazy experience at such a young age because i was waiting this this wasn't like in thailand right? it, when i was 15 it wasn't like you you book in to get a tattoo of the monk so you just wait outside this temple there was maybe like 20 people just waiting outside so i was wow. waiting there for like five hours before i went wow. in wow. it's just one in one out one in one out and um i remember sitting there and he'd, he'd done a prayer on this, one of these ties and all the ties that I was sitting with he wasn't here he turned up he turned up two hours later and skipped the queue I was I was the one waiting for hours <laughs> right I said I'm waiting the queue for me I, I was the one waiting for hours <laughs> right and um, I was sitting there myself I was with one of the, the tie trainers and all these ties started getting possessed and they started going ah, and they started picking up chairs and throwing them and I was sitting there shiting myself <laughs> like what is actually happening here oh. and I, I was watching it and all the ties are like getting possessed of this this black magic if you like so if you've was, got the same tattoo on it if if somebody's just got the tattoo and you've got the same one mm-hmm. apparently the magic's made it bounce off you yeah, and yeah. if you've got that tattoo like you'd be sitting there in a crowd of 20 people and maybe five of them would just jump up and fling pure berkies like gaffer nut Mate, and I was, start running up down the street screaming that but they're no putting it on because they've no they, reason they, they're they, not they, paid to do it they were all like doing this and doing like a mad prayer and stuff and, and they were just like hurting ourselves and like mate it was mental i was sat there 15 myself like that oh what i was just looking at everybody like that oh i'm copping it here aren't I? <laughs> it was mental it's easy it was it's gonna it's gonna be flying straight over there so is that common experience of um finding muay thai and learning muay thai at a young age has that been a foundation of of how closely you use two boys what now? Well, when I started Muay Thai, I was 15 years old. And when I went into the gym, JP was there. Um, two years older than me and JP was fighting at the time. Uh-huh. Um, and he kind of, I, I was a junior, he was he was a fighter, mm-hmm. but JP took an interest in me. 
and he started coaching for the juniors. He became like the head junior coach. Mm-hmm. I think obviously that's what sparked off his whole road into coaching. From the first day I stepped into the gym, he was there. Do you know what I mean? And ever since we've we've worked together, we sparred together, we trained together. Aye, uh, the Thailand thing probably definitely did. Like it sparked off him the amount that he learned or not going to Thailand. Oh, massively. Like it was just night and day, he matured them a lot as well. Uh-huh. I'd yeah. say I'd say if any any children getting into Muay Thai at the age I went, going like like what obviously he said to my mum, my wee granny, he was like, Let me take him to Thailand. It will help him a lot and it did. I went over and I learned millions. Were you being a wee rascal, I take it, were you Eh, uh, no, I was alright. But in, in Thailand, or like no, just before, so to go over and kind of no, but, but it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't for that. It was just. It was just to learn Muay Thai, like properly, uh-huh. be in a gym with the ties, fight with the ties. Mm-hmm. It just. It just really speeded up my my progress. Because yeah. I'd done it first. I I was fourteen and old when I first went, and I seen like how much opens your eyes. It matures you, and also you can have a wee bit of freedom, and that mm-hmm. does mature you, especially as a fighter. You come back and you've got a bit more knowledge about it, and that so. I wanted to get back uh, two years later, and obviously at this time I was, what, 17? Was, was, was I 15 or 16? No, 16 the next time right. I went, so 15. So I was like, right, let's go, can I hang? Just because I think I was probably the youngest that ever went up, uh-huh. like myself, can I hang? Um, and then I thought, well, he'll benefit for an all, so it was... The normal 14-year-olds playing Fortnite and watching Chuckle Brothers and music. Oh, it's the of people used to say to my mom, what are you doing? Like, why are you letting him? But it was just because I was that mature for a young boy I was, and it been around me for years it just kind of seemed natural that when I go that wee bit older I was going to go uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, see so. the reason why I was asking about the was it because of the rascal or, or stuff like that because um, my friend Martin Laidlaw from my hometown great boy he he was just he'd gotten a few fights at school right and he, he was he was a hard boy he was a tough boy he had anger issues and he was being a bit of a rascal great fighter he, do you know them packages you can pay to go over to Thailand and train with the monks, is it? You know, you can go over for a certain amount of weeks. That changed that's, his life. Uh, like th- that's like a, just a fight camp, isn't it? You get uh, I again. think it's like a fight camp. You go over and you get the experience and it can humble you and, and take no, that totally anger Thailand away. Thailand will humble you. You've never anybody. seen this before in your life, mate. He was vicious. You'll be watching this. He was vicious. Uh, and now he's the most laid, he's covered in head-to-toe and tattoos. He's the most laid-back guy in the world. Head-to-toe and tattoos, very deep beliefs. Um, and he's just a different person. So it, it's, it's very interesting. Maybe we could adapt some of, of that mindset stuff and some of that beliefs over here to, to kind of help with our crisis and mental health with young boys and stuff, or get right. more, or let's try and get more young boys into Muay Thai. I, I couldn't I couldn't kick my own ass, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a good thing, you know. I think we should be getting more young boys into MMA and young girls. You know, there's some incredible fighters, girl fighters, women fighters out there. So... What I want to know is, um, what kind of impact did finding that one thing, you know, that one special thing you connected with, that one thing you realised you were good at having having your life? Changed my life. Looking, I looking, don't looking know what I'd be doing with it. I actually totally don't know. My life. Yeah. I couldn't picture what I'd be doing, you know. I was, I was, I was hanging about the streets of Scotland, getting up to no good. Just, I, I was a rascal before. That's what I mean. I was, <laughs> before Muay Thai, I yeah. was. And um, I still was when I started. And it turned out, the guy that owned the gym that we first trained at, his sister was my registration teacher in high school. Right. And I didn't get to know this until a few months in. And um, so he must have went and spoke to her about this new kidney gym who's obviously turning people's heads. Yeah. 
and she told me and from that day any trouble that I got into in school would go back to him and I was obsessed with Muay Thai mm-hmm. completely obsessed like I wouldn't do any work in school I wouldn't do any homework I wouldn't do anything because all day I'd just be walking about thinking I'm training later and see it break or like during classes I would just sit with my phone out on YouTube and just watch Thais fighting in the stadiums but I wouldn't be concentrating on anything else like Muay Thai had my full attention as a teenager it still does obviously but as a teenager at school night and day all I would think about is yes training tonight <laughs> cannot wait it just it just took over my life yeah. so anytime I'd get into trouble in school it got back to him and obviously I loved Muay Thai so he would punish me for it mm-hmm. he would not let me take classes he would he would I would go into the class and go like, oh I found out what happened today in school what you got sent him blah 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 He's like, you can sit there and squat all night and watch everybody else hit pads. Wow. And this happened a lot of times. Yeah, I would I sit I would sit at the side of the class and just do burpees for a full two hours and watch everybody else spar, have fun. And um, so that that had a massive impact in my life. And that obviously it humbled me. And I started having respect for the teachers. And I started, I just became a, a nicer boy. Do you know what I mean? Through my love of Muay Thai. If I didn't care about love Muay Thai that much, I just carried on bamming up the teachers and misbehaving because of how badly I wanted to do Muay Thai at night. I had to change my ways at school. Do, do you know what I mean? I love that. So, I love that. Absolutely brilliant, man. You should be proud of yourself. <laughs> um, you are proud of yourself. Good. Yeah, I love, listen, I love that. Absolutely amazing. I love these kind of stories. What about you? I actually just don't know what I'd be doing with myself because it was at such a young age, so I really wasn't up to anything apart from playing. So I couldn't really put my finger on what I'd be doing now. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I'd just be working a normal job uh, and I couldn't think it worse just kind of existing I'm just, I, 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 get, I, I, no, get, no, I get it I would just be, I'd probably just be normal you know what I mean I'm not saying I'm normal but I, 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 I do love what I'm doing and I couldn't think it worse like just doing a normal job Aye. I don't feel like I've got a job mm-hmm. I don't feel like this is a job you know what I mean that, and that's the best that's, that's the best feeling in the world there's nothing better than waking up every day and just knowing right it's nine in the morning the night I need to be in the gym six to eight to odd pads because mm. somebody needs me to be there. It's a brilliant feeling. Yeah. I can really resonate with yourself and both of you. It's like the sitting in the school, all I thought about was football. Aye. You know, and, and you could see all the kind of boys who are the kind of decent footballers and the football team who played pro youth <laughs> watching the YouTube videos of Brazilian Ronaldo and stuff like that. And um, it takes you a wee bit, a, a wee bit away from your education. I've done it, but definitely it's, does. It's I, I, I didn't leave you one qualification. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that way. Where, that, but, no. They're not right. You have to, you have to, and not saying that, yeah, not saying that's a bad thing because we, we, us three were doing fantastic. What I'm getting at is you know with that feeling like the mass teacher but like right, what's eight times eight and I'll be like that football training's at eight and you know, uh, <laughs> like, that's what your, your head was like you know you are just total concentrated and um and, and that's very important there'll be people that now in your position who might not have the same self-belief who might have that wee bit of doubt and the teachers are maybe putting them off their dream not to say not to stick it in at school guys that's not what we're saying it's very important to stick in at school what Absolutely. I'm saying is don't give up in your dreams. Still stick in at school, but don't give up in your dreams. Keep tra- train hard. I wake up an hour earlier. I go to bed an hour later. You know, it can happen. I was told I would never play professional football. Not that I played at a high level, but I played at a level where I could where I could I could feed me and I could help my mum out with money. It was, I, 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 felt, you know, I, felt, I felt like teachers were the biggest naysayers. Same. Like, teachers are meant to have a positive... I'm not saying they don't, obviously, yeah. right? But they're meant to have a positive impact in young person's lives. And and for me it was just 
you're, you're, all you're doing is watching Thai boxing videos like you're never you're never going to make it yeah. like, you honestly think in five years it's going to be paying your bills that's what they used to say to me it's like you need this is what's going to pay your bills yeah. and education that obviously again I'm not saying to other children that it's yeah. not going to but just if a teacher says you can't do something don't take your mind away from it do you know what I mean like because right. you, you can make it happen you just yeah. need to put the work in I mean, stay focused because teachers are changing, I think, now and adapting. I train a couple of teachers and they're so... I train a, a guidance teacher who's a guidance teacher in Bairstein Academy and he, he, you know, he's brilliant with his pupils. He, he makes them get to his dreams when I was young. Um, the way I can relate to that is, yeah, I was told, yeah, you're never going to make it in football, you know. No. You'll never do that. You need to stick in or you're going to have nothing, get no money. And it made you feel Aye. awful. It made you feel, mm. I'm, I might end up as nothing. Now I'm... I'm as successful as anyone who's come out of the school, do you know what I mean? So you have to kick in. But I think the teachers then think, like, there's only, like, there's only one of you in 100,000. Do you know what I mean? So maybe there's that as well. There's only one of you. And if everyone then, you know, so you've got that kind of 50-50. Teachers will probably know, or grown up as well, you've always got that that one person in the group who is outstanding at football, but they didn't make it. Yeah. I know know 50 people. Yeah. who were outstanding at football or this, that, and the next thing, boxers as well. Yeah. But they just didn't progress to that next level. Yeah. So that's why teachers are probably saying that. They've seen that a million times, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they've actually really seen the one out of the 100,000 that they progress and they become hot shit. Yeah, you're absolutely bang on. Do you know on. what I mean? Absolutely bang on there. So. Brilliant. Looking at the way you guys train, there's a lot of heavy knocks, man. It is wild. Um, there's a lot of work involved. You're training, what, twice a day most days yeah, and then once right. a day other days. Do you have the, do you, are you, are you born with that mindset? Do you have that mindset at first to go so hard and have that fierceness in the gym? Or is that something you need to build over a, over a long time? Yeah, something, something I built over a, over a period of time. Um, probably during COVID is when I seen my mind really take a turn. Like I, I became my mind, I, I'd like to believe now my mind is bulletproof. Um, but also, I had a lot to do with training with my strength and conditioning coach, Ross McGaffney, over at, he's a, he's the owner and head coach at Commando Exfit in Hillington. Yeah, I've heard of him, yeah. He was a, a Royal Navy PT for 20 years, um, so he's always been a quite sadistic guy, man. He's quite <laughs> he's quite mental himself, but he brought that into my training. Uh-huh. Um, so he had, he used to always have, still does, that last fight camp, I was up in the mountains in cold water, going through tunnels and stuff, and then whole spent sweat just just off of off a of mindset he's always done stuff like that with me and um it was him that told me to start reading about david goggins it was about two years a year and a half ago two years ago and him and listening to david goggins probably changed my mindset forever and i've, I've listened to the david goggins book now maybe 10 times on repeat he's a king he's a king of, of mindset but he's just daffy's not into he's, just, he's, <laughs> mental. he's, he's a different breed of mental but just that obviously I've, i didn't have that two years ago yeah but being around certain people, I, it's built on me. Do you know what I mean? I think it was like getting to that certain age. I know, well, like, right, all your wee bad habits and that, whatever, you need to drop now. We just yeah. have to accept it. Listen, fighting's a very short game. Mm-hmm. If once you hit 21, every tiny bad habit you have, you need to get rid of it. If you want to be good, keep them up. If you want to be great, get rid of them. Not mean. I love that. It was just one of the ones that you have to make a decision. You need to be all in or all out. Yeah. And it's... You really have to be these days. 100%. There's so many people going for the same dream. If you're not working hard, you should be paranoid in your head. Fuck, I'm not working hard enough. And you should know yourself to go and 
go out and get it, you know what yeah. I mean? You need to want it, you need to not be constantly on on other detainments, you know, like social media and stuff like that. You need to be, be honest with yourself all the time. Don't yeah. kid yourself alone. Am I training hard enough? No. Ramp it up, you know what I mean? And you should have a, a bar set for yourself that's doesn't move, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If it does, it goes up more. Look, you can't go below that. If you fall below that, then you're not gonna you're not gonna keep that consistency with your results. Yeah, absolutely. That importance, the significance of that self-discovery. Like when I have clients and they'll be working hard and like, this is all I can give and all that and kind of be moaning about it and all that when I know they're only working 60%. That self-discovery is, you know, over time slowly and then they start really picking up and seeing the results just tells us that we've all got that. The cookie jar, you know, we've all got, we can all dig in for more. We can all, you know, we, we can all be better. Every single day we can better ourselves, do things that are going to, that are going to, that's, that that's make the biggest us problem with fighters. I think, like, I see a lot of boxers in Scotland, Thai boxers, and see the training all day, and it's just pure basic. It's like what somebody would do generally just to get fit. Mm-hmm. They're, they're talking about how they work so hard, how nobody works hard on it. Like, mate, you're going to run a 5k, yeah. and then you're going in a gym for an hour. Like, it, it's no, there's, to be a professional fighter, there's a certain, there's a certain ball unity hit every time. Mm-hmm. You can't just be doing a lot of people kid their cell own because I haven't out and ran, I've pushed myself. You've no you've done what's comfortable, you've got a sweat on. It's a workout, but it's no what you need to be doing what you're doing. Yeah. A lot of people do it they kid their cell own. I think I think these people that you're talking about are, are giving professional athletes a bad name. Like a professional athlete is a professional athlete for a reason because if it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. That's why we are professional athletes because we push ourselves to boundaries that a lot of normal people would not be able to be able to. Do you know what I mean? So these people call themselves professional athletes. It kind of lowers lowers the level. Do you know what right. I mean? And you're a professional athlete in the gym. Then you're a pre- professional athlete when you go home. Your sleep, everything. Yeah. You can't go bust the gym and go and get mad with your pals at night. You're a professional athlete. All through the day, like everything you do, it's, it's, how, it's, a, it's a total lifestyle. It's pure cliche that a lot of people say it, but that's true. You can't, you can't have the best of both worlds. See if you really, really want it. Long term, short term sacrifices for long time benefits, isn't it? Yeah, it's a mindset. Hundred percent. It's, it's a mindset, and I think especially in Scotland, has been you know we're, we're so negative when it comes to shutting people down all the time and not wanting everyone to succeed and not pushing people up too much and saying well you might not make it or why do you work so hard for that? People might call you boring. You know, you might get that. Oh, you're so boring, or you never come out and all that stuff. Then you're lifting a European title, and they're like, ah. Oh. It does your head in. It's like i at the start. Nobody, nobody believed in us at all. Like not one person. When he chucked his job, the amount of people like that's a terrible idea. Should just even go part time do this and that. And he chucked his job, and we look we well now. We've got we've got a huge following. Like everybody's behind us. But at the time, there's not really many people to credit for for making these decisions because nobody supported it until it was convenient to. Nah, yeah. the only person that supported it was yourself and my my girlfriend. Supported Aye, it. that's it. At the start, it was just us three. Look, as a flip. We look kind of stupid here, what we're shouting about on Instagram and not, but as we said, you know, sometimes our dreams only only you can see it. Yeah. Only, only certain people can see it and now it's here mm-hmm. and it's just gonna get bigger. So amazing. I think it's interesting you see about these boxers and tie boxers and certain athletes in, in, in Scotland, especially Glasgow now that that are talking a good game, Aye. showing that they're only average training. They're talking this amazing game. I sometimes feel they li- that they're doing this and they found it the lifestyle and the wee bit of kind of 
small city fame, not small city fame, like the wee bit of city fame and stuff like that. Just to him on social media and stuff. And they love that, to be big on social media, to go out and be recognised, to go out and get steaming and all that. Yeah, but they're not maybe, and you see the training that they're doing all that, compare that hand in hand to your training. It's like, you know, it's like, you train as hard as like some of the the best athletes in the world. Do you know what I mean? It's really, and that's why I think your training videos get so many views on Instagram. You see they're getting 16, 20,000 views because, it's, it's top quality, you know, right. you're both passionate, you're both going for it. You're taking knocks and your leg must bruise up, man. He's nah. kicking you, he's sweeping you. It doesn't, you know, it used to, I used to yeah, bruise yeah. heavy bad, but I think I'm just pure condition. You're going home London on, what am I doing this I part? used to see after I had pads from, I used to shake, like, used to sometimes sit my motor and I'm like, my horns would shake, not like, heavy get the shakes. Wow. But I'm fine, I mean, I don't, I don't do it anymore, but. <laughs> and, yeah. and you train hard, you know, you're a, you're a, you're a different gravy. And see that mindset you used to have got. I want athletes that are watching this, whether you're a pro youth footballer, whether you're um, pro boxer, pro um, MMA, uh, Thai boxing. The mindset that these two boys have got is different gravy. That's what you need to buy into. You don't need to have the, the, the 100% that they've got. You can have the 80% and be that strict and you're going to get there. You know what I mean? But it needs to be that 80% I always talk about. It's got to be over that 80%. You need to be over 80% involved. So coming up, what I want to know is, what is that feeling like when you two are sitting there and you stand and look at each other and realise, we, we've got a chance to be majorly successful in this sport? Well, I think it's something, we've, we've spoke about it for years. So maybe it's, no uh, since the day I walked in the gym but from a very very young career fighting fighting we all pads on big padded and head guards and mm-hmm. elbow pads and shin guards on even from the fights uh, it was always something we spoke about well, if you look on my Instagram there's a picture in November 2013 mm-hmm. and it's a picture mm-hmm. of me and him after one of his fights and he's totally I'm totally an old and it says uh it was it he won? Obviously, I wrote the result and that, and then I wrote at the end there. I was like, I said, this boy will be a world champion one day. So that's how look, well, I'm nearly there, not I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's been no, there. You've always, always had there. to believe. It's, it's something we've always spoke about, and it's a vision that we've always seen together. But it's, it's getting really close now. It's surreal because it's, it's no far away, and we can, we can reach it and grab it now. Yeah, you can reach it and grab it, but also you're living it. Aye. Let's not take that away from you guys. You're you're European champion. That's it's, it's a great achievement. You know what I mean? It's a fantastic achievement. You're living it. You're you're being not just um, professional athletes. You're being role models for many young men and women in, in, in Scotland and and afar. People in Thailand will be looking up to you as well. I get you know? I get messages from all corners of the world now. Yeah. After that fight, I got I got messages from the Middle East, Australia, <laughs> uh, South America, Brazil. Wow. Uh, people, people, like people, when where people watched it from, they messaged me saying I watched your fight from. And it was like Brazil and Arizona, things like that. So it's it's pretty cool, man. That's incredible, and that's that's what that's what we need these role models in society. Like Flat the Mindset podcast, it's a platform of hope for people struggling with pressures of modern day society. Hope we can get back from the darkest places. We want to talk going to a dark place you were in, um, mm. JP, but. And in a while, but we need these role models that are that are that are giving hope, that are that are that are that are that are all in and, and really care about what they're doing instead of just caring about the fame and everything that goes with it. You know, I think it's very important. I would love to sit and go through both of your fight careers, fight by fight. 
but we'll be here till tonight. <laughs> um, so what I want to talk about with you guys is what has been the biggest moments and the what's been the biggest key moments in, in, in both your careers as coach and fighter and as fighter. You got to start or last time? Winning my first major title was an amazing feeling. The European title, that was, that was amazing. Um, to be honest, every time I get my hand raised, it's just the same feeling, but a million times more. Every single fight, every time. Like Even that fight in Dubai there, it wasn't for it. Obviously, it was my first fight in 15 months. It was me meant to be a hard fight for me. And um, it wasn't for a title or anything yeah. like that. But it just felt amazing, man, getting my hand raised. It was just, I can't quite describe the feeling. Like, I remember sitting a day before the fight, cutting weight. I'm taking about four kilo off in a bath, sitting with a sauna suit on in a bath for hours. You're sitting there, you're like, why am I, why am I doing this? Uh -huh. Why am I doing this? And I'm starving and I didn't get any sleep the night before because my mouth was dry. Can't drink any water or eat any food until the way in the next day. And you step in the scales and then after you weigh in, you're still lethargic and weak for hours after the fight. And then it comes to fight day and you wake up, ah, you're wee buzz. And then an hour later, you're sitting there terrified, nervous. An hour later, you get another good buzz. And then when you get to the venue, oh, you're buzzing. And then two hours before the fight, you're sitting there. I was sitting there terrified my first time fighting in over a year. And I just, I remember sitting there thinking, why am I doing this? I am so scared right now. I don't remember feeling like this. I don't remember being this nervous. And then you get, you put the performance on, and you win, you get your hand raised. And then you remember, this is why you're there. This is why. <laughs> So Love that. it's 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 a crazy roller coaster fighting man, but I just want to change it for the world. I, I totally love what I do. Seen it in your face when you when you get your hand raised, you are buzzing. Nah, it's it's, it's 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 just something nobody will ever describe. Uh, the the feeling it's it's, it's mental. Well, let's not take away from the opponent. He was um, he's a good fighter. Mm -hmm. and he's, I, a, he's a nice really, guy. Really respectful oh, boy, so man. Really like, respectful very guy. humble he's boy. Really really nice boy. He just he was so respectful after it. Just pure humble and defeat, not mean he, and he wrote about nice big stats about when all that. No, he just, uh, he couldn't much. have been nicer, not mean. I think he'll go quite far as well. I, I, he, I think he's actually at the end, he's, he's, kind, oh, he's, he, a, he's a wee bit older. Because he's more experienced. He's achieved enough a lot. He's, he's got a world title, a WPMF world title. He's won, he's won the IFMA. Uh, it's like a Thai boxing Olympics, but the world one, he's won a gold medal at that. Wow. Um, he's lived in Thailand a lot of his life now. He's done really well for himself. He was, it's just, we thought it was going to be quite a hard fight, but just on the night, we just prepared that well. It just it just yeah. shows your level Nico's at now. You were a powerhouse, man. Oh. You were in... It just got worse, worse round by round. See, his confidence yeah. grew. It was just exploded. I think the boy was just totally overwhelmed. Like, as if... You look as if you've got a unique style. Like, sometimes I watch him, I think, he's so laid back. Then you then you jab, you evade, and then just knock out, man. You know what I mean? Like... I love it. And then when you need the power, you give the power. Aye. And then when you see any wee weakness, you go in for the kill. It's, I think it's and fantastic. I'd probably say I've got a, a different style for most Thai boxers. Aye. Aye. That's what I want to say. Aye. Aye. But see the, the thing about, you were saying about how humble the boy was, this, this, takes, this boy's spent a lot of time in Thailand. So touching back on what we spoke about, mm -hmm. get your kids into Thai boxing, going over to Thailand, it just... People who spend a lot of time in Thailand, even though he got beaten in the fight, he came up to me after it, asked for pictures, we spoke for ages. Uh -huh. He's just a very humble guy and I think it's a lot to do with being in Thailand for so long and being around that tradition. 
Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I think you're learning that as well. I, I watched a fight where you've knocked this guy out and you've not even celebrated. You've just ran to see if he's all right. I thought that was class. No. He gave us a bald boy. Um, no, the Swedish and I, boy. And I thought, that's top notch. Do you know what I mean? You've not even went to do all the celebrations like you would normally see. You've just went, Jesus, you know, is You need to respect everybody that does that. It's see you go and pick yourself in front of a crowd and risk, like, risk your health and all that and risk yeah. actually getting knocked out could say humiliated in front of all the people it takes a serious set of boys mm-hmm. look that's how it's annoying to see people judging fighters because see today that pick yourself in that position every, everybody that does that earns your respect surely and anybody that steps over the ropes that's how like, you, you're, you're both in there for the same thing and that boy's been seriously injured the first thing you would do is go and see if he's all right because he's both wanted the same thing it's no work to it not mean so yeah absolutely it's not about killing each other i mean sports no no war Aye, exactly. Got to the end of the day, these people are just trying to feed their families as well. Exactly. You know, Everybody's working towards the same dream, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm always interested in the progression of mindset, the progression of skills and how one gets from A to Z. Um, would you say that these big moments you care, you winning the European title, um, you coaching him at the European title and you winning your titles, would you say because that's because you've improved your craft or would you say it's because you have found something new about yourself that you didn't know before or a bit of both? Both, 100% both. Um, I'm totally loyal to my craft. I do it day in, day out. Um, but also when COVID hit, the tie boxing, the whole fighting world shut down and I needed something to keep me going. So I started doing these crazy challenges to find out more about myself. I'd never ran a marathon before, mm-hmm. just last year. I've now ran, can of count now from last year. But I ran my first marathon and I said, Aye, that's cool, but what can I do? What can I do even to go into the trenches even more? So I ran a marathon and a pretty decent time, three hours and 38 minutes, and I went straight into 30 rounds uh tie boxing pads. 30 minute rounds I actually clapped and stuff I was I was gubbed but my first time running a marathon and I'd done that and the reason I was doing these challenges was to to find to find out stuff about myself do you know what I mean so to answer that question both very much so both you learn something new so every time you, you struggle in 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 your like every time you're struggling and you're hurting you always learn something new about yourself that's what I love about hard training when you think you have no more, mm-hmm. you've, as you know, the, the 60% rule. When people think they've gave their all, they've probably only gave 60%. They've always got 40% oh, in yeah, the tank. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Do you know absolutely. what I mean? And um, you're absolutely bang on there because I think when you're going over 80%, I think that's the only area you can find out something new about yourself that's going to really progress you on, um, unless you hit rock bottom or something like that. But... If you're below eighty percent training all the time, the only, thing you're, the only thing you're not going to find, the only thing you're going to find out about yourself that you're not, you're not, you're, you're just that you're not pushing yourself. That you're slacking. Do you know that you're not pushing yourself? But you know that anyway because you know you're not. This, this is why I, this is why I push myself so hard. I'd like to. I want to believe that I am an uncommon person amongst uncommon people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I am totally comfortable being uncomfortable mm-hmm. that's what not the end goal and stuff but a big part of my training is being comfortable being uncomfortable and that's where a lot of people fall yeah, after wagon all the success comes through like we've got um, the method we've got is Nico's super talented super smart uh, but if the only re- and see if you train see if Nico's fiddling anybody comes up against he's going to win mm-hmm. the thing we say is unless Nico goes in and does something 
totally stupid that he shouldn't do. He's not going to lose because he's most likely going to be better than most people because I do believe that. As long as he's fit, he'll stun and hold his NBMD. So if we cut corners, then part of our plan's out the window. So he just needs to be, he needs to be totally bulletproof. His body, everything needs to be, no stones unturned. Yeah. I mean, and that's happening. That's, and that's why I give 100% right, of but draft. But we're, we're fully yeah. conscious, we're fully yeah. conscious about how much effort we put in every, every camp. There's no delusion. Yeah. There's nothing like it's always a million percent we put in. There's no, there's no, ah, it was all right. Or, or, or. I just know now in my career, that last fight camp and any fight camp going forward now, I know that I can come to the last week of the fight, the day they weigh in, and I can sit there at peace with what I've put in that fight camp. Aye. It's been nothing short of 110%. Mm-hmm. Every time I go, every every time now. If you're going on a fight camp and uh, make it your next fight camp for the world title or for whatever, yep. um, and use of set goals and targets, which are highly important for you guys to hit, um, I want to know um, how do you, as a coach, ensure that you both hit them? It's just known. I think you've either you've either kind of go to you've know just it's it's a long process. Like we've been working together for years and years, so I know I know when he's hit the target. I mean, I know when he's worked hard enough, and every fight's the same. We'll know. It doesn't depend on opponent how hard we train. We'll train the exact same every fight because the way we need to look at it, some opponents will maybe as good as others, but we're still going towards the same place, so any slip-up's going to take us 10 steps back further. Oh. So it's very important we keep that. And I know every time I've just, when I feel at peace, that's when I know we've hit our target. Because I'll stress for maybe two two weeks in a fight camp because I'm seeing, and this is going to one of my points about we sometimes, we peak too early sometimes because, and he hits his peak look, because I panic too much and we'll run him into the ground. But then, see, once he's peaked, I'm like, right, I can't, I'm at peace now because I know everything's done. Oh, and that, that's important, watching when you peak and stuff. That can win a loss of fight, I, I that's would imagine. It, there's, I, there's, oh, exactly, totally. that's, there's no guessing, it is just feeling it. You can just feel it, and that's when you're like, right, we're ready. Uh-huh. And then that's when we'll start working on more technical things, more game plan things like that. Um, are, you, are you on him 24 hours a day? Constant. What he's doing, seeing where he is. If he's sleeping in, waking him up, no, like text him, get your ass up, no, that are you constant? He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't need me. To, he doesn't need to wake me up. I know you'll be. I know. I know your craft. But if there was, if so, you're you're even more luckier because he is bang on. Ah, do you yeah. know what I mean? But if there's an off time, which there might may have been through maybe you falling out with the messages or you know what I mean with right. something something's happened or um, Rangers say like have lost or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there? Uh, a time where you've had to, you know, you've had to step up and and really, Some, and really say, come on, come on, Nico, well, let's I, do it. Last fight camp, I was I was tired one night, really tired, and I said, I, I think I, I think I could take a, I guess you take a night off, and he's like, ah, are you injured? Are you sore? I was like, ah, no. He's like, you're just tired. He's like, ah, aye. He's like, ah, well, get to the gym. I don't, I don't care. I love that. I and I've probably had one of the best training sessions of the fight camp. Uh, it just, was actually, I'd probably say it was your best training session. It was just weird. I just felt, I just felt, I know my body, right? I'm the hardest working person I know. Truly, I am the hardest working person I know. I know my body. I know, I know how much I can run myself into the ground. Mm-hmm. I know in a fight camp, when to take my foot off the gas, oh. to hang weight, like to, to stop injuries, pre- prevent injuries and stuff like that. Just have a, a night off because one wee rest day will will improve my next three days after that. I train him 
And it was one of the nights I just felt like just too tired tonight, and he just came picking up his arm outside, get it, get yourself out, and get it. Just one of the ones like, and I'll never, I'll never be like, no, no, is that at the end of the day, he's a coach. I've got the utmost respect. He's my best pal, but I know when he's my best pal, and I know when he's my head coach. And that's what we can turn off and turn on. So I, mean, I, I will give him rest nights, and that sometimes I would just I can feel it, and he's saying them. Like, he could be doing my rest night tomorrow, but it was just that night. I just I just kind of know when when to do things and when no. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna be a dick here, but gear shoes when I'm outside. Mm-hmm. But because I just thought what credit you, to you for that. Nah, you hundred percent. Um, and credit to both of you for for having that relationship. I don't know many. I, I don't need to push the foot run about him. Or I don't yeah. need to treat myself like because I know he's no gonna be like, oh, fuck, he's a dick or whatever. I'll just. You just take it on the chin. I think why he's selling to Jimmy's face, tripping him, but he left with <laughs> the biggest smile ever on his face. Because you get sometimes you get into the gym with any expectations. You feel like a bag of washing, and you have the best session. And mm-hmm. sometimes they are the other ones that make or break a fight camp. Because like fucking, it just gives you that rock up your ass. Like I had no expectations of myself there, and I've left absolutely buzzing. And I really took something to that session. Yeah. So, How many fighters have you seen that? Of have come out and said that, like, they were in a terrible place, blah, 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 they didn't want to train, they get dragged to the gym, um, or they dragged their cell to the gym, they've trained and they've learned something new and had the best session of I feel buzzing as soon as that first wee bit of sweat you break, you feel amazing after it, mm-hmm. it's just... Get all the frustration out, you know, leave it all, leave it on and the ring. There's no guilt for sitting in the house that night, you know what I mean, you yeah. feel guilty, like, especially us, if you, if you don't do it and you feel a sense of guilt, you're like, fuck, I've sat in my house all night when I could have been in the gym. Uh-huh. So it eliminates that and you'll hear done all gone back to your mentality. He go in the gym that night when he really didn't want to, but see at the end of the night he'd probably be like, Fuck, I really should have went the night. Nah. Huh. And then you start you start thinking what <laughs> was yeah, my just, what was my opponent. You're in your the slippers at the end, you're like, I remember because I used to you'd take a wee night off training, you know what I mean? I'm not feeling well. And you'd be sitting there at twelve o'clock saying what we're done. That's a a week out, that's a day out the week nah, of my yeah. training for the game on Saturday. Aye. You know, and then you might not feel prepared. Mm-hmm. I think it's credit you guys because I don't see many friendships, right? Best pals, especially males, young, who wouldn't be at each other's throat a lot doing what you're doing. So that's credit to you. Like, how long, how many times do you see it? It's not going to happen. Like taking huffs with each other and all that kind of stuff. You've got such a phenomenal understanding of each other. You've got a phenomenal respect for each other. I just think it's incredible. How many times do we hear two mates going at something and they break up, break up business, especially? You know, because that's quite hard if business isn't going well or you've got some problems, you disagree and stuff. And I think, so I just want to say credit to you for that. And it's, it's, it's absolutely, it's astounding, man. It's, it's a real eye-opener for a lot of people watching us today. I mean, it's just you know? talking to each other. It's the main part. There's no, there's, we'll never argue and fucking go elsewhere and whoever's in your company. Go like, where's new come? Oh, he's a fucking dick. I was just arguing with him. It's just like, our business is our business. Mm-hmm. And if there's a problem, nobody's leaving the room till we sort it it's just like fucking come here and we'll have it it's just talking to each other communication if if anything's worth if anything's worth keeping talk about it you know what I mean oh, absolutely so. absolutely so I want to move on to you um, John Paul um, we talk about the Flat the Mindset podcast it's um, for people who have been to a dark place and they've came back and recovered and are now flying and ended up one with a sale. Talk to us about the the rough patch you went through that we talked about last night and and how you recovered from that. Uh, well, I was 18 and I was 19. I'd just had my last fight in Thailand. Um, I stayed on for a bit in the summer. They all went home and I just stayed up. But towards the end, I wasn't really doing it. I was just kind of fucking a bit. 
um, wasn't training that, was just sleeping all the time. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I was kind of just a wee bit low stank. Um, I think I was kind of falling up with Thai boxing. Um, I don't know why. It was probably, I was getting pushed a bit too hard at the time. Be people that weren't, that didn't really understand it. You know I mean, so I was getting pushed too hard and I think it kind of scunnered me. So obviously I've came back and then I've just, it was like somebody just had a pure a self disrupt button in my life. I just went fucking mental like, for a good two years. I was getting lifted all the time. I was, I had a good few court cases hanging above my head. I had a court case hanging above my head constantly for the space of about two years. Wow. Uh, a lot of people didn't want to associate with me anymore, but rightly so, I was, I was being a total arsehole. Um, and then it was like my ma, it was hunters of stress on her. Um, and it just kind of got to the point where I was uh, that far away from Thai boxing, I kind of wrote it half of my life. I was like, there's no chance I can never get back to this. Just because the opinion people had formed to me. They're just a wee dick, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then one day he messaged me, just out of the blue. Is that right? I'm just going to say, he's that last chance. He's like, you either sort yourself out or I'm, or I'm never going to speak to you again, can I? That I'm not going to be around to see you destroy your life, can I? So, and I just had that mad reality check and I just, that night I just sat and I was like to myself, fuck, what have I been? I had that pure realisation of what I was, what I was doing. I was like, I'm fucking coming up for 20 year old. I'm like, a total waster, man. Mm-hmm. And then for there, just see, just being honest with yourself, just going like that. And that reality check, it's, the road to sorting it. I just sat there and I was like, fuck. And then I just made a list of what I had to do. I didn't say to him, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I just went like, right, sound. Didn't reply, didn't really reply to him. Gave it three months. Kate was a pure new person after three months, right on my feet. Um, and with the right people. And I was just, I was back in my mind. So it's just, just back to myself again. I actually felt like my, myself again. Um, and then for there, started getting back in the gym. Started holding pads, just helping out, uh, and then ended up he'd coaching gym again. It just went for absolutely nothing to that. It was fucking. What so. do you think it was that the the were you suffering depression? Were you drinking too much, partying too? Don't much? know. I, I just get too distracted. I think I just cause I'd been that dedicated for a young age. I think I just needed a wee blow. It, but I got in with the wrong people, uh, and I think that was all it was. I just get in with the wrong crowd and, and just kind of spiraled out of control for it, just that pure snowball effect. And then when people were saying to me, like, people run about with my man or that, this is, like, worrying about me, I'm just thinking to myself, they're all, they're all arseholes. I'm like, oh, the odd days go on at me. But it was his message, can I hit him with me? I was like, fuck's sake. I was like, and I don't know what it was. It must have been maybe the way I was feeling, how I took the message, or I don't know. Just, it just did. Yeah. Uh, it's weird, because you kind of, you push the, the, the people who, the people who you know are they're trying to help you. Oh, definitely. The people that are closest to you and you're pushing, you're pushing yeah. them away and you're, it's mental. It's, it's you why, why did you come to that realisation? I was like, I felt, fuck, I was devastated. So I was, I was like, fuck, see, I can't believe I've done this. Uh, you, and I was just. Yeah. You do, you stay in that place, hanging about with the wrong boy. Just, just pure polar opposite. Yeah. I was always known for being this boy who was involved in Thai boxing, always pure successful, doing well, nice family. And then I'm getting about to turn battle cunts and that and, Getting the jail and just it was, it was horrendous, but my mom didn't see me for six months at a time, and I was just going staying about the place, not like just with my pals, and it was just it was mental, man. But it's it is a total polar opposite for what I'm doing now. So you ain't just really lost. I just heavy lost, ain't, and then I just see to be honest, I could have been doing just a month, a wee month away for Thai boxing, not, but it just spiraled right out of control. But I think it's defined me the way I'm now. Just pure honest with myself about everything. I'll never accept when I'm when I'm no rang 
mm-hmm. I'm just trying to hang right. I mean, trying to right, but everybody don't DM their bad turn just because I got a second chance at life. Not mean because if I didn't, I don't know what I'd be doing. No, I'd probably be in a nick. Yeah. That's what my mom says. So or even worse. I probably hundred percent something bad would have happened anyway. I wouldn't be in this position anyway. Put it that way. So we see this a lot with especially young sportsmen and they'll lose their way we see loads of people like John Fleck and stuff who was right at the prime phenomenal they fall away from it you know and then you hear stories or whatever and now he's rejuvenated back but many don't come back from it you know mm-hmm. and, and, and and never will come back from it you have what I want to know is why didn't you go why didn't you come back and, and die box I don't know I think that's a big all, question all, all I think the, many people will be like once I came back for it. yeah like when you came back why, why wasn't your first thought I'm going to now win the World Championship. Part of the demon, part of the demons, uh, for making me go after those was the pressure for fighting. So see, when I came back, I came back, I started training. I went down south to my pals, gym down there, and I trained down in Essex. And I was like, I'm going to fight again. And see, the more I thought about it, I started getting all the emotions back, all that pressure. And I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? And I think it put me off. Um, even the coaching side, I think it was a lot of pressure. I didn't. I was coaching Nico, and I was coaching all the other boys for about a year before MD even seen my face again. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to tie boxing shows. I just get in the gym every night, busting my boys. No credit. Was never in the corner. Wasn't in 40s, nothing. But I didn't want that because I was like, I can't. I didn't really like the pressure and I didn't feel as if I was due it because I had a lot of making up to do. Yeah. Um, but as soon as I started to grow in confidence and then it got to a point where the boys really relied on me so I couldn't know be there. And then I started to enjoy it and I was like, no, I've, I've paid my dues. It's time to fucking get you back credit for what I'm doing because I'm putting my heart and soul into it. See, um, it's amazing. So, the reason I asked you that question was for because that's I had a feeling it was that you know, aye. and it, that I read that happens a lot of time. A lot of people get in touch with me saying that they're that I've been talking a wee bit on Instagram about reset, a reset and resetting, and not many people. Um, I don't think this is talked about enough. Sometimes you need a reset. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It could have been that Thai boxing wasn't for you. Everything that was involved with Thai Aye. boxing, the pressure, some of the situations, that was making you feel uncomfortable. You, you just didn't like it. And you've reset, yep. became the coach, and now you could come on to be one of the best coaches in the it world. C- it could be that 100%. Cause I, I, did always like, I did always enjoy coaching for a young age. And I think there was there was always pressure on me to fight. But I think if I was to fight half my own back, I'd have been fine. But I was, I was getting pushed too hard. So that's that again. No mama. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, like my mom is nothing but supportive, but see if you're not gonna see if you're not gonna date yourself and you don't understand it, don't push your way in too hard. It's an awful lot of pressure. You yeah. can't live your life through a child who or a young adult who's wanting to fight, you know what I mean? Yeah. Look, it's it's immense pressure. If you can't you can't force something to happen. Yeah. You need to let people date to enjoy it. You can't lose you can't have them stressing it to lose because you're going to take it up with them. You know what I mean? The first thing you want when you lose somebody, put their arm around you. And that's what a lot of people are. People are it's all about the limelight and all about success. You know what I mean? Like, pushy parents are a big thing about it. Living, that's living how your I, if, your if I had a fighter, a young fighter, and their mom and dad was too pushy, the first thing I did is put on my side and like, wrap it. Mm-hmm. Or they'll not go fight with my gym because I'm not having it. Because you've experienced it first hand. I've experienced it first on, and it's. That's probably, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm thankful for it all because it's probably put me in a position on me now. I think like coaching fills the void, that relevance of being a fighter. Um, 
and also the success when you triumph and you win mm-hmm. all the feelings I still get to experience all the emotions with it it's immense pressure but I think the fact they rely on me now it's I'm here now and I'm just going to go on with it mm-hmm. I'm going to be the best I can at it so. Brilliant. You can enjoy it. Aye, I, I think it's important to. I think that was in the really, good, <laughs> <laughs> really good points you made there, mate. Really good, and that's why I was kind of prompting that question. Aye, because, definitely. Um, have you ever been to under twelves or an under tens football match? I've played in one. Have you ever seen, heard, or seen the raff? Of of the parents, the parents. I remember. It's oh, funny. It was the same oh fight. my! It was the same in the fight. I know. Should is it I, the same thing? Oh, you stupid wee bastard! You're not doing that good enough. This is someone else. Years ago, years ago, years ago, it was horrendous, man. Like Moz and Daz are screaming and bawling at the judges. That was the right decision. Like you're fucking. Look, what do you know about Thai boxing? How can you shout and ball at a judge who's been doing this for ten years? Yeah. It's just like it's an ego thing, fucking. That's all it is. It's, it's a serious is, is, problem. Is a, it's a total ego thing. See if you see if you're going to shout and ball and make things uncomfortable for your win. Go and pick a, pick a pair of gloves on and, and start a tie boxing career yourself. Yeah. I think that's just what it is, isn't it? What, what they end up doing is they pressure all the love that child's got out of the sport. And that this is probably how you it. see. This is probably how you see a lot of boys when in their younger years being so successful, and they get to a stage and you, you see them a few years later and they're fat as fuck. Mm-hmm. They've got about ten wins. <laughs> they right. job. They've just left no, I mean, everything, aren't they? They've because just... that pressure and that then that relevance leaves. They don't want the relevance to leave. They want, they want You want all, you want all the the pressure to leave, but then the relevance leaves. I know, so it can put you in a dark place. I know, because being relevant is a big king, but obviously, no wanting the pressures a big king. I know, so it's like you just can't be forced to do something. That's that's the. What line. would you say, John Paul, to young? Uh, boys and girls who are in that position and who actually um, I know of a few first hand you probably know of a few first hand who I, who I know are getting pressured into and that the most and dads are in it 10 times more than they are uh-huh. you know and what would you say to if there's anyone watching that's, that's young and successful and football fighter whatever it is Olympics and um, what would you what, what would you say to them just go in and tell your mom and dad about it wrap uh, it what, tell your mom and dad watch us Stop it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Just tell them to butt out and tell your coaches don't let your mother die in the gym. Don't let them in the fights. Have a voice, you know what I mean? You can't, you can't just let it slide because that sport is stressful enough that working hard and then hoping it's going to pay off without the added pressure. Is, are they going to go after nut if I don't? It's a heavy cheek, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to go after nut with somebody when they're trying so hard mm-hmm. or to push them too hard when they're not really wanting to do it. Give them a break. Everything should be done after you back. If you love something, pressure's got to take a love out of it. Yes. And then for there, it's gone to snowball. So yeah. anybody that's going through it, tell them about it. Coaches, keep an eye on it and tell them about it. I think that was the important one there, coaches. 100%. I, coaches that's one thing I'm, on I'll, be very co- I'll be very conscious of throughout my coaching career. If, yeah. MD, if MD's pushing MD or MD's getting too involved and they shouldn't be, I'll, they'll get told to wrap it straight away because I'll... I've experienced it first one. I'm not like that. I'm to anybody else. Because I mean. yeah. let's be honest, children, many, many children don't have a voice. They'll not get that voice at all. I 100%. Um, but that's where coaches come in. Coaches, and our coaches be might be, we, we've seen coaches as well going off their nut, haven't we? And, and doing all that kind of stuff. That's really bad in Scotland and now shouting at the kids. And these kids are nine, ten year old, trying to love and express themselves on a football pitch or in a ring. They don't need to be absolutely. Mould through someone coach or some parent living their dream. That's just 
it's, it's unethical. It's, it's ridiculous. So yeah, definitely the coaches as well. Eh? Just yeah, to any, any coach, it needs to. Uh, Barry Ferguson talks about coaching when he was on, and he was talking about it being more personal and coaches. And he brings some of his players aside, and he'll talk to them like, "You all right?" And they'll mm-hmm. say whatever, and they'll be like, "You really all right? What's going on? Listen, you can talk to me." See, when you, I didn't have that with my manager, and that caused mad problems. I was suicidal, anxiety. I talk about that in one of the podcasts, but. Barry Ferguson is at Keighley Hearts now, isn't he? So, um, and you should see the difference. He, he, he says the difference is unbelievable. You get players then starting to come to you, Gaffer. No, I've got. You, ju- you just need you need to be super up, you need to be super approachable. Like you need to just make sure your fighters are hundred percent comfortable with you, and it's whatever they say. You just doesn't go any further. Like they should be able to confide in you. It's just that it's a big thing. Not I mean? can't think it worse than somebody coaching you or whatever. I can't think. It- Think getting worse than me having a problem and no being able to tell JP. Like, and I've just recently we were talking to somebody who's like that with a coach, and I've I've heard that a lot when they have a problem or they really want to talk about something, they, they can't say it to their coach because their coach is going to have an opinion and their coach isn't going to be happy. I yeah. don't think that's right, man. I think I'm I'm very blessed to be in a position I'm in to have JP. He's always my shoulder to cry on if mm-hmm. if if need be. If, I, if I'm going through a tough time or anything, you know, a fight camp's emotional, so it is. And sometimes I need to just let it out, have a talk. He's always there to listen to me. He's, you know, never judge me for anything that yeah. I'm feeling. Like, we're only humans, you know what I mean? We're all going to feel certain ways in certain times that may not be right. Yeah. So I think having a coach who is super approachable is 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 going to uh, catapult any young athlete or any young person. Mm-hmm. You know well, what I mean? As a, co- as a coach, you should be able to you should be able to listen to you should be able to hear your fighter without them even talking so like that should be part of it. see if you're so emotionally I wouldn't I wouldn't do this if I wasn't emotionally invested I wouldn't do it for money I wouldn't do it for clout or recognition I wouldn't do it unless I was just totally emotionally invested in it so you end up developing that energy with your fighters mm-hmm. so he doesn't even need to say a word I can tell what mood he's in I can tell if there's something wrong something's off sometimes it will take maybe one or two times are you alright What's wrong before it will come out? I mean, and it's just it's you need to be able to read your, read people without them saying a saying a word. I mean, either that or you'll know you can't be as emotionally invested yeah. as you should be. As you think you are, maybe. Aye, aye. If only all coaches were like you, my friend. Well, mm-hmm. Definitely. And yeah. you can be a a big example for people. Don't don't you doubt for a second how massive an example you can be as a coach in Scotland definitely, going forward. Mate, You've got so many years ahead of you. And obviously yourself as well. I'm sure you'll coach in, in the future after you win multiple world champions and do what you want. I've, I've, I've got a feeling, I don't know why, I had, I had a, a premonition that you move into MMA. I don't know why. I've heard this a lot the last I know, week. I just, I just had it Because you're so man. fierce. You're such a fierce fighter and you're just, can you see you banging people, man, in, in so MMA? But maybe for the future. Yeah, you'll never say never. You'll never say never. <laughs> um, I think it's important to bring up and talk about the other brother. Um, the reason I say other brother is we all moved together. Yep. And it was um, Jordan Cole. Jordan yep. Cole. Um, and he passed away tragically training abroad in a camp. Yeah, no, Thailand. And the hydration and stuff. Um, it's important to mention that you named your gym after him, um, which is phenomenal. You, you named your gym after his fighting name. Yeah. Which I can't pronounce, so you need to help me. Declick. 
Decalic, yeah. cool. Um, and uh, why was it so important for you two to honour them in this way? Um, at the time, so me and JP just wanted to kind of move on. Things weren't working out in the gym we were training at. Um, so we wanted to open our own gym. We just wanted our own professional environment to train in. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a no-brainer. No, I mean, it's just simple. I mean, every fight, Every fight I have, I honour him, I take his canes out. They're his personal canes that he used to take out. He used to have this like gimmick in Thailand. He was called the, the dancing fighter. He'd, he'd always walk out to East and Thai music. He'd always walk out dancing with his canes. Brilliant. And uh, I've now, we've got the canes in the gym. So now when I fight, I walk out with the canes. Um, so I, I, I'm, he's always with me when I fight. You know what I mean? I'm always thinking about him. So I thought it was a no-brainer. Just what do we name a gym? Take like Muay Thai Academy, obviously. It was just it was, it was so easy. So we took his mat we took his mom aside, Lisa. Uh, and we told her, man, she was fucking bawling her eyes, wasn't she? She was delighted because she was actually got she said she's like if I win the lottery, she only mind me saying. She said, if I win the lottery, she, that's the first thing I'll do. She's like, I'm gonna open a Thai boxing gym in Jordan's name. But obviously that she said she's like you've just done it for me. So um <sighs> good man. Every fight, man, take serious strength for for no one is there. I mean, we take his photo everywhere. There's a picture of him, a blank white one. And it's, he's just looking into the, he's looking yeah. right into the camera. See, before I fight, you just look at it and you're like, it's mental. It's, it's a crazy feeling, isn't it? Makes all the hairs in your neck start up talking about it. Crazy, man. It's like, you take heavy energy for it, mate. It's mental. It's powerful as fuck. So what, what was he like? Oh, he was just the most humble, nicest guy ever. He was just so kind. and didn't have a bad bone in his body. He just pure simple, mate. He just loved, just aye, loved tie boxing. Loved didn't care it. about, didn't care about money, didn't care about motors, nice clays, nothing. Just tie boxing, mate. That was that. Aye, exactly. Just, just such, such a, a nice simple person. boy. You just couldn't know like him. He used to sneak on a train for Volkak to Glasgow to train with. Every Monday, and ju- bump, every Tuesday, bump his ticket on the train. <laughs> Tuesday and Thursdays for years. Uh, used to from Volkak, he'd travel through to train with. Brilliant man. Do you know what I mean? He just, he was just so invested in the sport. And he, he became a superstar just before he passed. He was a total superstar. He was, you know, what Jordan done, what Jordan done at his age, most people haven't done in their full life, a living up to 70 year old. He had been to Japan, America, everywhere in Asia, everywhere in Europe through fighting. You know what I mean? He's seen so much parts he of the world. He was iconic, so he was. That dance, everybody knew about it. Everybody knew about it, you know what I mean? It's that dancing up was just becoming a thing that was kind of known worldwide at one point. So Aye, it's like, the dancing fighter. What, what he done alone at 20 year old passing away to what most people have done in their lives, he done merit at that age, then do you know what I mean? People could only dream about then. Mm-hmm. He's an absolute legend, man. I love that, man. Love the way you talk about him. Do you think when you win the World Championship, you're going to pull out the dance? I put, I put, I actually put out the dance. I wasn't very good at it. I'd say I'm better at it now. I practice in my spare time. <laughs> um, I done it. I done it. I done it. I done it just a, a, I fought a month after he passed away. That that was hard. Wow. I done his. He he had his own ritual dance. Have you seen the Y crew? The the dance the day before before the fight. Yes. Yes. They seal the ring and they do a dance. It's like a traditional dance. It's called the Y crew. Right. He had his own Y crew, right. and I done. I, I remember being in the changing room. A month after he passed, I was going to fight. I had the t-shirts made and stuff, and I wouldn't even hit pads. I wasn't even warming up before the fight. All I was doing was practicing the dance. 
know what I mean? In honour of him, I was doing it in honour of him. I was, I was not, I was not warming up trying to get in the zone for fighting. I was just sat in the changing room with my gear on, just practicing the dance in the mirror. I wanted to nail it because his mum came to watch me as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I came out to his entrance. Uh, it was a Thai song, and I done the dance with the canes. Don't know how good I done it, mind you, but I, I nailed the dance. I then I knocked the boy out. In the second or third round, I had his canes with me, and um. It was, it was sad. I just remember bursting straight into tears as soon as the fight was finished. It was a very, very emotional fight camp. See, to be honest, rock emotional just because I take, I take him in every fight camp with me now. Yeah. Um, it's tragic what happened, man, but life goes on. Yeah, thanks for opening up about that, boys. Um, following your dream and then um, unfortunately passing away while trying to execute that dream was... Being so young and old, like we've probably not, so we've young. not, that was the first time we'd ever have MD so young died on about us. Aye. Like, it's one of the ones you always remember whether you were when you told about it. Oh, I remember. I mean, exactly I, like, I remember to a teach so vividly. Like, I remember it's the first time you're, you're in pure shock because you're like, old people are meant to die. Yeah. You're like, nobody my age should be dying. You know I mean, me and Jordan were born on the same day, on the same hour, in the same year. You like, know, it's, it's mental. Ah, yeah, I did. I think you told me that. Yeah, that's, that's we, incredible. We, did, we discovered that when we were. I can't remember. I think it was actually my birthday. We discovered it. We didn't even know each other. It was on Bebo back at the time when we <laughs> were both fighting and we were like, fuck's sake, that's your birthday, I know. Brilliant. Uh, and then I was like, what, what, what were you born? They told me and I asked my mom and I was like, fuck's sake, what was that? <laughs> Just Brilliant. very weird, man. It's remember mental. Bebo when you had to put the... Love three hearts and yeah. gave three hearts a day. <laughs> you gave people hearts. Actually, you would save three, them up, wouldn't uh, you, man? I, I made two or three fake pages and started giving myself love after them. <laughs> Brilliant man, most loved guy then on you'd, you'd, have, you'd have a song on it. Ah, I'd always have a mad Gary McCabe one or something uh, on it. I had a wee video. I was the love doctor. I mean, I had like a like a Mario, let me love you or something. <laughs> <laughs> Try to entice the women in. Uh, oh, brilliant. Uh, um, with one time students now becoming masters um, of the craft. And um, being so young, what I want to know is uh, what challenges have you faced being a fighter and what challenges have you faced um, going from fighter to coach? I was very uh, injury prone uh, for a long time in my career. I mean, now I've really started looking after my body. I stretch a lot now. And ever since I've been doing that, I don't, I don't pick up injuries as much as I used to. I used to be really, really injury prone and it would really, really, it was really... constant, man. Like, yeah. At one point, I was just like, I actually don't know how we were going to go through a tie boxing gear. We right. took him to London to soon and his calf was getting him bothered, his shoulders were getting him bothered and this had been going on for ages and then it just got to tipping point and he couldn't train down there and that and I was just like, this has been going on for about two years now. I was just looking at him and I'm like, I don't know how we'll actually go ever get by this. It was, it was, really, it was, it was really emotionally draining. It was, it was hard because I wanted it so bad. I wanted to train so hard and my body wasn't allowing me, allowing me to. I was just sore and I was I was hurting myself constantly. And the thing I wanted to do the most is train and, and fight and my body was just saying, and, I, and I, I'm only young, my body's just like, nah, fuck you, I'm not doing this. But now I take care of my body, I stretch all the time and, and I put good food into my body constantly, I really take care of myself and that is actually the first fight camp we went through. I've not had one injury. I staved my thumb because I was sparring. That's I good. Uh, right. I punched Steve in the head. So I staved my thumb. You but, deserve that one, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? But 
that was the first fight camp I've prop obviously because I know fought in over a year before I, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, going into that European title fight, my back was fucked, yeah. and it, and it, again, it was really emotionally draining. Like yeah. you get, you go away, you start hitting pads, and you're just ah, and you just break down crying after the session. Like, I want this so bad, my body's no getting me hitting back, and that that probably just being being really injury prone is probably the hardest thing I've had to had to had to come across in my, my career so far. But things are going well now. I really take care of my body. I'm really strong. I'm a lot more flexible than I've ever been. So, hoping it just it stays that way now. Do you know, I can really relate to that there. Obviously, injuries ruined my football career. Um, and the living with that chronic pain or injury after injury it is debilitating. It's fucking demoralising. I remember coming back for a game one time and lying in the bath for hours. Just thinking, what am I? Why am I? They used to call me chocolate. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're made of chocolate. And I'm like, well, am I? Why can't, why can't I do this? Why? I'm just not good enough. I'm just, why am I knees failing? It, put, like it, put, it, puts your, it puts your head down massively and it brings, I'm, I'm no, I, I'm very strong minded in, in at the times of picking up injuries, a lot of self doubt comes into your head when, when you're feeling low like that. You know, when you're feeling that low, something can start it off and then it's just self doubt, self doubt. It yeah. fucking just goes down like that, man. It really is. And, and if people, one thing I do get is a lot of emails with people, footballers from the SPL down to the League um, 2 mailing me when they have injuries. How did you get by? Because I recovered four times from, I've had five major knee surgeries and each one you get harder, but you also get a bit colder as a person because you start, all this self-doubt just floods you, don't you? And then you can't see past your injury, you're in constant pain. Um, Something you may need to deal with in the future, but you've got such a great team we're used to and you've got such a great mindset that you will get through it um i think it's really important to bring that up with the injuries and the self-doubt and stuff because nah, yeah, it really awful. puts people in a really 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 bad place i know fighters i know pals that have done it first hand and injuries have just it's fucked them up they've, they've, yeah. they've no came back to it um just it's just too much you know what i mean when you're when you're in a fight camp and you get injured it's hard enough being injured as you try to push yourself to your limits every day and try yeah. to do certain things, but you're restricted to doing certain things. Mm. It's just, it's, it's, and, it, and, it, and it's not even that when you're in a gym, it's these injuries, it's when you're sitting down, when you're walking about, yeah. the injury, it's not just an injury when you're in a gym. It's fucking all day in life when you yeah. go to sleep, they're there, they're constant, you're thinking about it all the time. It's just that's how it floods your mind, that's how self doubt comes out, because it's there 24 yeah. 7. You're feeling it all the time. So it's there. You can't fucking have a second where you're like that. Right, put this injury to the back of mind. You can't because, ow, it fucking hurts. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's that's a fantastic point. And I don't think people recognise that from girlfriends to friends to coaches. But not maybe not everyone, but people will just go, oh, you're injured, so that just means you can't die box, but you'll be home. You'll be fine. Chill out. But if you're, it's never left. It never leaves. You're sitting down right. in the toilet. You're you're sore, and you just become a big depressed, exactly. depressive bomb about to go off, and it can lead to suicides, as we've seen. So, I think it's important to have good people around you, but that yes. that see that. Listen, I know you're in pain. I know you're struggling. Let's maybe you know. Let's maybe go swimming or exactly. just something. Aye, cause I, I think that's an important thing as well. But so say you're your knee's injured or something like that. My knee's actually killing me right now, man. I need to leave <laughs> um, Say you're injured somewhere and it's obviously, I've had calf, feet, I've had every leg injury you can get. And I think lying down to it, obviously if you can't, if you're fucking that injured and you're fucked, right, you do need the rest, right? 
But I think a lot of time it's important that you don't lie down to your injuries. So running's a big part of my fight camp. And my legs are sore, whatever it is. Sometimes I don't need to, you can't lie down to it. Or you just can't, you can't run through it. It's a big, massive part of your cardio, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, no, don't lie down to it. Let's work around it. Mm-hmm. So swimming, swimming's non-impact. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important when you are injured and when you're feeling down that you overcome it and there's always something else you can do. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, when you're fucked, sometimes you need to rest. Mm-hmm. But it's important not to lie down to your injuries and say to yourself, right, I can do something else here. There's always something else you yeah. can maybe do. Adapt and overcome, innit? Adapt and overcome. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. I love that. And, and many people will, many sportsmen now, it's coming out more and more, will just get addicted to painkillers and take painkillers. I get addicted to Cocodamol. Um, I would take it all the time and feel on top of the world. And then well, some buzz, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> Some buzz. You're sitting there like, oh, I can do it. My legs go and quite nervous. But... Um, <laughs> but that can lead to major problems, and it can start wearing off, and then you, you've just stuffed your you've you've stuffed your leg or your injury ten right. times more. Definitely. And this is a big thing in sports: yep. painkiller abuse, and then coming off for the competitions. Right. So yeah, it's just a bit of awareness out there. It's good to talk about. I think um, it's been a rough year, and everyone has been struggling to do the normal stuff. And even having people on the show at Luke Stoltman and that. Um, it still can have an effect on elite athletes like yourselves because you've not got your usual get-outs, even though you might not go partying or anything like that, but you might go and do other stuff, you know, like cinema and stuff like nah, that. You're, 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 you like the you like the whole social aspect. Yeah. You like going out with... I don't really I, I'm, I don't really see anybody. I'm just gym and I spend time with my girlfriend, take my dog out. Like, see, this lockdown, this lockdown hasn't affected me. <laughs> it's been brilliant. I eat, I eat healthy. I get my meals prepped for me. Yeah. Everything delivered to my house. I don't like going out, being distracted. I spend a lot of time with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. a lot of time in the gym. But JP obviously likes going out and seeing the boys and just does, doesn't he party, doesn't he drink it, but he likes going out and having a social uh, aspect. I like going for a Munchies month, and coffees and that. Just things it's to important. break the day up, you know what I mean? Because obviously I'm, I'm training all the time. I don't drink. I'll, he's no baby and I'll, I'll just try and make the same kind of sacrifices yeah. him, you know what I mean? So rule that out then, but if I go coffees. Just going out for a munch, see things like that. Can't do it anymore. So that's that's the thing you're kind of, I'm kind of missing. Yeah, the, the thing is, it's it's not the fact of of missing it. It's more that you have to do the same thing, like especially the 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 other athletes and the NHS workers and essential workers and stuff like that. Right. They are still bashing out work every day. Yes, it gives them a get out and they can go and speak to their people at work, but they have to come home and they're just there's nothing there. See, the, you know, the biggest and, part for me was. Is all the work we need reward. Look, I say, I always say, I live for like eight weeks to eight weeks because after eight weeks, there's always a fight. So you work for eight weeks, get the result, brilliant. You don't tap the world for a week and then you go back into a training camp again. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, there was no one like that. You're working, 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 constant. You're like, when does this end? When, when are we actually going to get a fight and get that, all the feelings again? I think, um, I, I think I was only, I think I was only fighter last year that was pushing towards a fight. And mm-hmm. there was a few times we were matched and the show got pulled the six, week of the, six times the we week of the fight. last year. A lot a lot of no fighters happened. A lot of fighters after COVID just hung their gloves up and said, That's it, I'll just chill now until this right. is over. Yeah. I was I was training like mad all the way through it. I was hoping that there was gonna be some sort of shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Twice the, the, the shows got pulled out on the week of the fight. Mm-hmm. So as JP's saying, we're just like, you know what I mean? It, it, it deflates you, man. You're like, right, when are we going to get rewarded for our hard work here? You know what I mean? It's yeah. it, it, it was it was really really hard. It's good you mentioned that. Um, I think that puts you a year ahead of other half leagues. I like to think this was the plan. This is what we said. Like, right, we can either. 
just greet about how how bad everything is, you know. Don't get me wrong, we didn't expect it to last this long. We expected this to be done last year or this street. Mm-hmm. Um so look nah, look, we expected this to be done a long time ago, but the plan was basically let's keep working while everybody else is doing nothing. So mm-hmm. then we've got to be a year ahead. But no, not only were a year ahead, we've had a fight now. After everybody telling us that one that never happened, no yep. chance. So Travel restrictions. Nasals, man. And so we, we went out and we got it done. So now we're a full year of training ahead and we've had a fight. And we'll go have an alpha and then we'll go have an alba and while everybody else is still sitting on their arse trying to get themselves back together. Yeah. So when it comes down to it, then we'll go be miles ahead of everybody. Good. Uh, good. So. Before we finish, I want to ask so world title fight, um, you're gonna to have to prepare for that. Is that the next fight? And if it is was yeah, I can't oh, I can't tell you that. I know I was getting that straight away. <laughs> Sorry, um, I it is, it's happening soon. It's happening soon. I'll tell you are that. Are you approaching this differently in any way? Because I think it's amazing because um, you've just had a world title fight filled. filled. filled yeah. How, how do you recover from that? That's going to a high and then going, oh, man, I was ready for that. We and then go, you have to reset yourself. We get very used to disappointment last year. Yes, we, that, that, we, that, is, that is the honest answer, mate. We, we like, learned how to deal with it so good, and I, I think that's how that win there felt so good. See, when we actually landed in Dubai, we just look at each other, man, just shoot coins like, right, it's fuck, this is fucking happening. Yeah, I can't be, believe this, because I didn't expect to get to Dubai. See, even the week of the flying to Dubai and all that, all the restrictions and that started that, we started getting hundreds of messages, just fucking hundreds of doubt, man. Mm-hmm. And once we actually landed in Dubai, I was like, ah, no, the full week I go on, I was like, mate, training looked fun. I trained so hard for it. Just still in my mind to think Couldn't it might not happen. Couldn't get excited about it, wasn't it? You, Couldn't you get can't. excited about it. That's See, a once, we go, to once we go there, it was, it was mental. I, every day it was getting closer to them. I mean, it feels heavy real now, doesn't it? And then uh, the day of the fight, I was like, said the exact same thing again. I, I just said the day of the fight, I was like, this is actually happening now. It's yeah. going to happen to, tonight. And that's weird because you need to train to the standard that you're fighting. Yeah. Not knowing that a fight's going to happen. Exactly. Many people Definitely. that can mess up. Um, exactly, training to the standard when there's a chance it might not happen. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will, aye, that's a good, really good way of putting it. That's a very hard thing to do. Difficult. You've done, you done well. Um, so I can tell there's a world champion bout being set up, probably confirmed. The boy, I can see it all over their faces. <laughs> um, but I, thought, I really I really want you to win. I really want you both to win. I really, we want, to, I really want you to. I'm just, I'm so buzzing for you. I'm going to take so much. I'm going to give so much attention to see how you are doing and hope you keep up with you. And um, and you've got my full support with anything. I think you are you are fantastic. I think you're role models. Um, I think you are you are doing everything right. I think a lot of people will be watching this very proud of you. It's some story, and you have not even started yet. Let's be honest. Just the beginning, mate. Just the beginning. I hope hope this is this will open a lot of people's eyes to success recently because Scotland has not had a big fighter since Ricky Burns. Yep. And I remember when Ricky used to fight, I used to paint my face in it in the house yeah. <laughs> before I went. I followed Ricky everywhere and he yeah. filled every stadium in the fall of Scotland. Scotland painting that in my face, mm-hmm. wee guy. So I'll tell you on that. Brilliant. But see things like that, that that's what you want to be. Scotland needs something like that again. Yeah, so when he's it. fighting, everybody's behind him, not I mean. We really need it. We've Let, got Bungard, 100%. we've got Paul Craig. Um, doing fantastic in their respective fields and the Elator and MMA. Aye. Um, and then we've got. So I'm saying people need to get behind all this because yeah, the they, way they the, the, the support Ricky got, that fueled him, you could yeah. tell. That you've was a massive you, thing. You've got um, Chris, Chris Duncan, I think it is, and a few other big fighters coming through. We need to get behind them because. 100%. And you get this in Scotland, you will realise loads of people, even people close to you and friends, like that, they won't 
share all your posts and get right it's behind you. We weird, have this, it's a weird we have thing. this naysayer thing that we just think, and we don't. People want to see they will, but no better than them. But you see, in, in some other culture, countries with slightly different cultures, it's just not like that. No, it's support, support, lift, lift, lift. I think Glasgow. Lift each other. Glasgow's a very, very, very strange place. Everybody's in competition with each other and who's wearing the best and who's driving what motor and all that. And it's fucking, I think it's just a bit of a sad culture to be brought up in, but it is what it is. We live in Glasgow. The whole of Scotland, like that, and influencers aren't making it any, well, certain influencers aren't making it any better, you know. We need we need this support system and no. to support local Look, cash, and all cash get behind. Cash for Rook's fucking cash brilliant. Absolutely dynamic. Everyone He's one of the most lose. talented boxer in See he's got support. like 4,000 followers on Instagram. He's Man. got no support. And, he, and he's hard. Let's see, I could go, I could ask 10 people in the street who's cash for it and I bet one or two could tell me who is. If you're lucky. And the boy's absolutely phenomenal. Same, this is what I'm saying. The the full of Scotland should be he behind the boy like this. good. I've done boxing in a wee white inch community centre with cash right. for a few months before before I, I was started. I was doing football and boxing. Yeah. Um, and I stayed boxing for it on and off. I would never took it seriously. Mm-hmm. Just enjoyed going in sparring and stuff like that. Yeah. Just fucking getting a wee tear up with my pals. <laughs> um, and then I was playing football. And then obviously when I started tie boxing, I was like, fuck football, tie boxing is, is for me. It's the one. It's the one. Aye. I think it's important to, to get behind these fighters. Definitely. And, uh, especially like yourself, aye. superstars like Cash and you. We all need to be behind. We all need to be pushing. We're, we're a country. We, sh- we need to get behind each other. And Shouldn't it be forced either? See, like when Ricky Burns was about, it was, a, it was a different time, but everybody got behind Ricky before social media. Mm-hmm. Before everything like that, before social media was a massive thing. Yeah. Everybody just knew when he was fighting. And everybody Ricky would, Harrison, t- everybody, everybody would turn up. Harrison as well. Aye, exactly. Um, so, you know, I feel like you need to kind of fight for the support of the people. You need to promote yourself and it shouldn't be like that. Literally, they don't see, want See if you're you. really doing it. Everybody should be like, you know what, that boy's brilliant. Fair play to him. This is what we need. But we do need that in Scotland. It's and I, I, hope like all the, I hope all the fighters and all the athletes they get the support they deserve because it fuels them. Yeah. The support he got that yeah. last fight was brilliant. And it's it heavy. The difference it made, in that he was last fight al- electric because he knew the fella Glasgow Aye. was watching. Everyone was on it. I think yeah, the social media before. campaign he's created there the last year. Yeah. It's probably Aye. then it's just came to a tipping point where everybody's like, I'm dying to see this boy fight. Aye. I think also fighters like you need to come out and say it. Like, like see, after a fight, like come out and say I said, why, why do we not support each other more? Let's get behind other fighters. Listen, you've got make it an RB fighter in your gym. We've got him fighting. Get behind him. Follow his social media. Go and go and give him support because it could be your future champions who can inspire your future grandkids aye, exactly, and aye. save their life. You know, this is serious. And the, I really the get lo- behind the it. The local support's worse. I think see people that you went to school with yeah. that don't support you. It's annoying because everybody supports when it's convenient to yeah. post and that. But you're like, right. You know him on first name terms. You've got him. You've got his number. Why did you never once pick up your phone during a fight camp? Go like, how you doing? How's your camp going? You feeling alright? But on the night, I'm his pal. I know him. I went to school with him. It's quite annoying, but I've I've went through this my whole life the same. And even now, with the the huge platform I've built now, I've built in the back of strangers posting my stuff. Strangers. Strangers, your biggest fan, your biggest hate, somebody you know. Sharing my motivational posts, nine out of ten of my best pals don't share my stuff ever. And you'll find that the same. We need to change this mindset totally. And um, and that doesn't mean we don't share their stuff. I still share all their stuff because I've got that energy. I want people to do well. Um, let's wrap it up with a bit of fun. Major question, big question coming here. Um, where you guys are in your career now? 
What's the bigger win? What's the most special moment? You becoming world champion and you've been world champion coach or someone from your gym becoming world champ. You use um, producing a world champion in the gym. I'm, uh, well, we... we <laughs> well, first, first things first, innit? Aye, first, first things first. I'm the closest to the world title yeah. in the gym. But Stephen Irvine is right behind me. Stevie's for Steve, all Steve 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 He's in a couple of your picks. Small, uh, aye, aye. Aye, kind of small guy. Steve, yeah. Stevie's amazing. Um, Nico obviously gets made a run into the run all because he's full time. We we need to get Stevie. Go full time on own. Make the make sacrifice and take the risks and all. But Nico is the closest to the world title now. So to answer it, Stevie will remind you knows Nico is closest to it. The biggest, the biggest goal for us and you know, achievement now is whips and touching distances. And that's Nico winning his world and title. Steven, and Stevie won't get there. not so far behind me. What about you fighting Steven in the future? No, Steve's <laughs> my best pal. <laughs> no, but if he's wanting your world title. No, 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 no Stevie's my brother. Aye, aye. Stevie's my brother. We've got the. Stevie's going to make it an all. Stevie will be a world champion. We'll be sitting here in a year's time. And it was Steven next to me, you know what I mean? And Nico and his world title. And Stevie will be going for it. So it's just everything in good time, you know what I mean? Yeah, I absolutely love it. So. I want to just give a couple of shout-outs to these guys' pages and stuff. Um, if you want to tell your Instagram page, if you've got a YouTube channel, etc., etc., where keep people can find you and support you. Uh, my Instagram is nicocurillo underscore fighter. Um, my f- I've got a Facebook page. Um, I think it's the same, isn't it? Just nicocurillo. Just nicocurillo underscore fighter. Again, um, that's my Instagram. If you could follow our gym page it's hard to spell <laughs> but it's Decalek Muay Thai Academy uh, you'll see everything about the gym all the fighters uh, up to date on that when we open our gym properly everybody's welcome to come along to the classes learn Muay Thai we'll do boxing um, general fitness um, if you want to come along and train with us drop us a message personally or on the gym page We'll put this uh, in the description below, guys. All right, what about you? My Instagram name. Instagram. Instagram. Instagram name's quite shit. He's dropping it for the women. Just JP Galco and my Snapchat. Aye. <laughs> 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 uh, so, can we shout out sponsors now? Absolutely. Shout uh, out when you want. Diced Meal Prep, Nico's sponsor. Also, yeah. my sponsor. Uh, does all our food prep every week they're, br- they're, they're brilliant so uh, Sam a boy from Edinburgh um, he opened it last year and it started off something tiny and now it's huge he's got it down to a final his food's amazing oh amazing um, it's super healthy as well and he's just got a new sponsor Lex Cal Property Development they're probably they're going to be the biggest property development company in the fall of the UK is that Scott's company? Uh, aye aye I uh, they're very motivated Um He's just sponsored uh, We Vegan Glass. Ah, yeah, I've seen that. Um, I mean, he's very, very motivated. Um, he's got similar goals to us. They want to blow up, so they've jumped on board. They're going to give a horn with a lot of things this year. Um, so we're absolutely buzzing to have them on board and all. Commando X Fitness, of course. Uh, my sister gym, where I train for all my strength and conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, Rat, you want to try to pronounce this one? What is it? Dean, Dean's, Dean's Rat, and Atle Venetian. Aye. Uh, no, if if MD seen more gym page, see the war in the gym or feature war, that was Dean Burns that done it. Uh, it's all Venetian plaster, it's beautiful Amazing, man. man. Done it for absolutely nothing. Uh, as a sponsorship for us. 
definitely. It's something yeah. I'm in a project I'm working on. You need to pop me. And that's what it's all about, sticking together, all kind of supporting each other. I used to sponsor Regan Glacken. Um, he's excellent. He's done really well and going to do really well. So another people, another person people need to get behind. I'm actually wanting to sponsor someone else, a young fighter, a young whatever. So it'll be in the near future, I'll be taking on another sponsor. So just hit, drop me a mail at motivator, flip the mindset at gmail.com. Um, anything else you want to add or shout out to anyone? I go wash HQ. Wash HQ. If you want your motor washed, go there. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And that's the, that's the sponsor team. That's why we need to stick by each other. I just want to say before we close, Good luck in the World Championship. Thank you. Um, next week, Friday, 7 o'clock. No, I can. And good luck in the coaching career. Thanks very I, I, much, it'd mate. be nice to get some work done with you in the future for Real. sure and maybe um, some fundraising or do something at your gym. Of course, mate. Um, I'll definitely come along and, and train, kick the bags, probably. Uh, probably need another operation my knee <laughs> again because <laughs> it's, it's chocolate but um, yeah. I'll work up to it and um, no I want to wish you all the best and luck and all I think these are role models she's a fantastic listen thanks for tuning in please please subscribe all your subscribe matters we're trying to spread so much mental health awareness on here and um, mindset awareness and give people hope for the pressures of modern day society your subscribe you might not think it but your subscribe goes such a long way and um, share the video if you can on your socials make sure you follow the guys and thanks for listening boys thank, thank you, you. Thanks very thank much. Very much. Cheers.